Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I'm so pleased to introduce former Royal New Zealand ballet dancer Matthew Lawrence, who interestingly travelled from the opposite end of the world to open up the ballet school in the remote location at the top of Scotland. So let's find out more about the journey from the southern to the northern tip of the world. Hi, Matthew. Hello. So tell us, where are you at the moment in Scotland? Uh, I live in the Shetland Islands, which is... Um, a group of islands, um, we're about 300 miles uh, north of Scottish mainland. It's a 14-hour ferry trip. Wow. So for people around the world, I mean, that is, uh, who perhaps never been to Scotland, it's pretty far anyway from London. You, you, can, you can fly as well. Uh, yeah. And, what, and what's it like up there? Tell us, you know, sort of. It's, it's what's stunning. It? Is it? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Lovely landscapes and landscape, and um, what attracted me to it when we first came up here in 2005 was um, it's a bit like New Zealand, um, but it's on a smaller scale. It's community, mm -hmm. and community is the word um, about Shetland. It's a very, very strong community. Which is really lovely in, in this, yeah. uh, you know, day and age, isn't it? Absolutely. To, to Absolutely. feel a sense of community. Yeah. Well, let's let's go right sort of back to the beginning and and take us on that journey. So, oh, starting in New Zealand, tell us tell us about you know sort of how you got into um, ballet in the first place. Right. Well, um, I was actually born in England in Luton. Oh. And um, I, with my sister. And my mum and dad, we moved to New Zealand in uh, 1963. Um, and my sister was adopted. She's Chinese. Mm -hmm. And she came from Hong Kong uh, when it was still um, British. And my mum and dad were um, art teachers. My dad got a job in a place called Pahia Tour in the Wire Appa of the North Island. And he was promised an art department. So he sold his little Tudor cottage that he'd spent his life savings on. Wow. And we flew via with BOAC then to New Zealand and um, arrived there. And he, the first day he went into Tararua College and asked where his art department was. The headmaster said, oh, well, um, not at the moment. No, we're, we're going to build one. Um, but at the moment you're going to be teaching maths. <laughs> oh, oh my so goodness. He was on the train straight down to the Minister of Education um, because he'd been sold this job on the basis, mm -hmm. you know. And um, anyway, he sat outside the um, MP's office until we came out and saw him. And he went back to Pahia Tour and he had a piece of paper in his hand that said he had the job that he was, you know, mm. hired to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, my mum and dad are artistic people. They're, they're very famous in New Zealand, actually. They're potters, uh, ceramists. Wow. Um, and my dad's actually going to be 90 years old next April. Oh. Um, and mum's um, probably one of New Zealand's most famous ceramists. Um, wow, that's incredible. So she sort of gave up her career for a while to bring up, up my sister and I um, 
and that's how we started ballet. When uh, I started when I was four, and um, we started ballet with a lady called Joan Irvine, who's been dead quite a few years now. Um, but Joan was one of the most esteemed Royal Academy of Dance teachers in the Southern Hemisphere, and um, she basically taught me and my sister um, everything that we knew. I, I studied RAD for 15 years, mm -hmm. and um, um, my sister also did. She went a bit further and got a solo seal, but because I, I went to the New, New Zealand School of Dance um, and uh, started my studies there, um, I sort of um, got caught up in like the ballet school work and then into the company. Mm -hmm. um, then, um, yeah, so I got a half bursary to the ballet school in 1978 and um, uh, that was a two-year um, study course then. You, got, you know, you got your diploma, piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And then I got um, invited to join the New Zealand Ballet as it was known then. It didn't actually become the Royal New Zealand Ballet until 1981, I think, because that's when Princess Princess Diana and Charles came out to Australia on their after-wedding tour, and that's when they got the charter. Quite uh, a bit of history in that moment. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah. Um, so I was with the New Zealand Ballet um, for a number of years and then sort of got the urge to travel. Um and it was it was it was a it was a good um, founding because um, I when I studied at school um, we had tutors like Rowena Jackson and Philip Chatfield come in and mm -hmm. um, of course you know they they were New Zealand dance heroes um, and uh, we f started touring the first tour I ever did it with the ballet was Cinderella. Uh, which was choreographed by Ray Powell from Australia, and um, then we uh, went we went to Fiji on a tour with, and we took Galina Samsova with us, and did Cinderella and um, Andre Prokofsky's Faust. Wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> and the, at the end of the Fiji tour, we yeah. got bundled um, into a bus from the hotel and told you're going to Nandi Airport, which is a military airport, and uh, being flown out because a military coup is taking place. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so that was quite fun. Um, but it was all character building, you know. He used to spend seven months of the year living out of suitcases, touring. Um, we did a, a six-week tour of <coughs> Queensland as well in 1981, and um, that was interesting because Harry Hayfawn, um took over as the director of the ballet company and he stayed with the company for quite a number of years and he, he really sort of um, built the company up if you like and introduced more sort of international choreographers and people with interest in that um, and that was all really really good experience for a young man of my age because mm. I, I was only about 17 wow then. um and, um, you know, you got to work with people like Galina Samtsova and Andre Prokofsky. Mm -hmm. um, Galina was the director of Scottish Ballet for quite a while. And, um, and people like uh, Jack Carter came out to do Witch Boy. Um, and that was, I think, one of my most favourite sort of moments um, 
working with Jack Carter. What, what was it about working with Jack Carter that you really well, it was loved? Just yeah. Old, old sort of um, early British ballet um, roots, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, he's Jack Carter came from that period in the fifties, forties, fifties, and grew up with British ballet with Rombert mm-hmm. and all those people. So it was quite, it was amazing because when I went over to Europe and I, I was in London for a while before I went touring around Germany looking for. Um, a job, mm-hmm. and I went to the English National Ballet to watch a performance, and there was Jack Carter sort of sitting against the wall during the interval, and I went up and said, hi, you remember me? And he looked at me and said, oh, God, New Zealand conjure man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen which boy? I haven't, no. I oh, know. Well, it's, I think it's probably on YouTube. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll have to look it up. So, yeah, I mean, conjure man was a very um, – complex character role because it was like a heavy heavy costume that weighed about 90 kilos Goodness. and a huge like long white horsetail wig and you had we had to carry the male dancer who did the solo the witch boy underneath us inside the costume oh my goodness and had a kabuki makeup as well which took about two hours to put on oh, wow <laughs> so when you're touring in um northern Queensland in temperatures of 45 degrees, um, having to perform that in a, in a theatre that's not air-conditioned. I can't uh, imagine it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty pretty hard stuff, but it, it, it was fun when you look back on it. Yeah. So anyway, so um, I the last, uh, the last ballet I did with the New Zealand Ballet was La Sorfite. Mm-hmm. And um, then I went over to Europe um, and I went touring around all of Europe on a rail pass that my mum and dad bought me. Um, I went around Germany, I went around France, I went around Sweden and Denmark, Norway, I went everywhere. Um, one of the last places I went to in Germany was a theatre in Krefeld, Munchgladbach, and I got offered a contract there because I was a Kiwi and the husband and wife um, artistic team knew a guy called David Peake who had worked with Russell Kerr in or in um, Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, talk about small world. Um, so <laughs> I, I got the job um, and I had to wait eight months before the contract took place. So I went back to oh, wow. London and just found some work, theatre work and... Um, um, did classes at Pineapple and Erdang, where I did classes with um, people like Marion Lane, who used to be with the um, Royal Ballet, yeah, and a wonderful pianist called Cyril Addison, who used to play, and I used to stand on the bar next to Wayne Sleep, who used to um, amuse us all very much. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I used to do classes at Erdang on Saturdays with a wonderful lady called Patricia, um, oh, God, senior moment, hmm. um, Patricia, Patricia, It'll come to me. It'll come um, to you, yep. And she, she was with the inter- International Ballet um, back in the 50s, and she danced with Moira Shearer and people like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember walking into the Erdang dressing room one day, getting changed for class, and this, this, this young, small man walked in and was getting changed. And I was looking at him thinking, my God, he looks awfully familiar. And then we went upstairs, and um, Messer was teaching the next class in the studio. And um, 
he'd come out to get a, a glass of water from the canteen and he went, oh, Misha, how are you? And it was Barishnikov. My God. <laughs> and I was going, oh, my God. I was, I was, I was getting my jockstrap on <laughs> in the face of royalty. And there's, oh there's Barishnikov in the same training room. Oh, my goodness. Um, but that was great. Yeah, um, what a great moment. Hello. It was, yeah. yeah. And, but you could do class and you'd have all sorts of people from the Royal Ballet sort of come yeah. in to do class. And it was just, it was just nice and you could sit mm. and talk to them. And, and especially because I'd come from, you know, the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Yeah. Um, so that had a bit of power because, you know, there's only three Royal Ballet companies in the world. There's the Royal Ballet and then there's Royal New Zealand. And you now I think, is it Royal Birmingham? Or? Uh, the Birmingham, uh, yeah, the yeah. Birmingham Royal Ballet. Yeah, I was thinking of Canada yeah. for some reason, but I don't think no, no, that's the National Ballet yeah, Canada. That's right. Um, the Royal Danish is it the Royal uh, Royal Danish? No. Yeah, but that's a different royalty. Yeah, so. different. Yeah, different. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, it was good because, and of course, when I came over to London, I caught up with people and I um, caught up in touch with Galina Samsova, and I used to go around <laughs> and see her on the weekend. We'd sit and share a bottle of wine and talk about <laughs> you know things wow. and. Um, and used to go to a lot of ballet shows. Um, I I went to see Alvin Ailey, um, American dancer. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. And I was so begeisted by that, I mm. ended up queuing every night for returns for a week. And I got a ticket for every night. Uh, and that was that was brilliant. And to cut forward to that, um, Alvin Ailey Dance Company came to Edinburgh Festival Theatre um, the year before last. And I said to my pupils here in Shetland, you must go and see this company. Absolutely. Unmissable. So two of my parents booked tickets. And I actually, uh, I went both nights um, to see both shows and my pupils were in the audience. And one of my senior pupils stayed on for the question and answers they did after the show. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it was a fab experience. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, um, I went to Germany and I got a job in Krefeld. I worked with a husband and wife team called Frank and Annabelle Croggy. And um, then after that, um, the contract finished because there was a change in the theatre direction, the new intendant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I went and worked um, in different theatres all over Germany. Um, went to Koblenz, where a friend of mine worked. Um and um, just just sort of travelled around, did, did odd bits and pieces. Then um, decided um, because the tensions between the, you know the east west that was mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. uh, decided to move back to London um, in the middle of sort of Thatcher's reign of terror. <laughs> and my best man, well, to be, mm-hmm. um, I'd worked with him in Germany. He was in the same theatre as me. And um, he said, well, why don't you try and – I can get you a job in the West End in the theatre. And so he sort of told me where there was some work available. And so I just I went to the Queen's Theatre on Shaftesbury Avenue and initially started working front of house. Um, and then Harry Hayfawn popped up um, about a year later out of the blue and asked me if I'd like to go back to New Zealand to do a tour or two. So I ended going back in '89. And doing um, two tours with the Royal, as it was then, the Royal Newton Bully. 
Um, we did a, a sort of it was a mishmash tour of Sleeping Beauty and other bits, and mm-hmm. um, and then Malcolm Byrne, who is a South African dancer, um, choreographer, a stroke, whatever, he mm-hmm. um, put on Romeo and Juliet. Um, so we did that, and that was kind of my swan song with the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Um, and then I decided to come back to London after that. And I, uh, the the day I got back to London, I walked into my old theatre stage door on the avenue and bumped into the master carpenter and said, um, oh, he said to me, oh, have you been away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been, been away for like five months, you know. And he said, oh, well, um, we need a crewman. Um, do you want to do some crewing? Backstage, and I said, "Well, yeah," because I hadn't, you know, I I didn't think you know dancer jobs then pretty hard to get. Okay, and um, so good experience um, I, backstage as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I started a long period of doing crew work, and I the first show I worked on backstage was called Single Spies of Alan Bennett and Prue Scales, um, and that was fabulous. And then I then I worked. Um, on the very first show with John Barrowman and Elaine Page, um, which was um, Anything Goes, the Cole Porter musical. Um, and then I then I worked back to the Queens and worked on Shadowlands with Nigel Hawthorne and Jane Lepetier, um, which was a play that was turned into a film. Um, and then, then I ended up at the Phoenix Theatre for eight years working on a show called Blood Brothers. Ah, oh, well, um, famous, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I, I was um, I was a flyman on that, which I'd never flown anything before. Well, yeah, what's a fly, what's a flyman? A flyman. Well, you're the guy that's up in the the roof of the theatre, flying in very big, heavy flats, and um, it's really it's quite a technical, hard job because, believe it or not, you do have to be musical to do that because mm-hmm. you have to do it. You know, has to, everything has to be on time. And fit. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did that for eight years um, on the same show. And um, I used to go and do other matinees and other shows when they were sort of desperate for someone to cover. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so, yeah, that was great. And then I met my then wife, who um, a mutual friend, because I was a member of the theatre union. Um, she she'd told my wife now my ex um oh well if you want to know about setting up a union branch go and see matthew at the phoenix theater and um so this young lady turned up at the phoenix theater stage door and uh yeah it's history (laughs) (laughs) set set you Um, off on a path (laughs) yeah yeah because also during the day because i was working in the theater i was doing other things during the day i was working with various choreographers um as a muse like like it's a choreographic Mm -hmm. muse um, doing various, working on various dance pieces, which they then were staging on Ballet Rombert, yeah. uh, the Royal Ballet, things like that. So they, they'd basically hire dancers to help them work out, like, what you know, they were going to do for a production. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite funny. I can, I can sit and watch YouTube videos of pieces um, that, that companies are doing, thinking... Now, hang on a minute. <laughs> I remember working on that in the old Ballet Rombert Studios back in 1991 with a person whose name I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Patricia Norman, that's the one. That's oh, the lady. Come back to, to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the lady I used to do classes with. Mom. She was okay. amazing. Very, very good teacher. Yeah. I mean, she's passed away now, sadly. Um, but she was one of those teachers who, um, you know, professional dancers from all over the world. If they were in London for a week, they would go to Erdang and do her class. And what do you think made sort of her teaching really special? It was her attention to detail mm -hmm. and um, like very calm, very strict, but, you know, she was um, on the wall. Yeah. And she just knew everything. She was instinctive. And that's what my old RAD teacher was like in, London, in New Zealand as well. Um, good she, corrections. Yeah, good corrections. And, you know, I, when I went around Germany auditioning or when I was working with a ballet company in Germany, and uh, I, one theatre I went to, I think, I was doing class in Nuremberg or Stuttgart, and the director who was taking class, he came up to me at the end of the bar and he said, you've obviously had very, very good teaching and you've with the Royal Academy of Dance. Mm -hmm. And he said, you must have had a very good teacher because I can see how you work. And, and do you think this, this teaching influenced you to become a teacher? Um, I, well, I, what, I, think, I think I called on that reserve mm -hmm. from what I had unconsciously retained in my mind about the, the teachers I'd had mm -hmm. um, when I was young and the f all the things I could remember. Um, and I've developed it from there. Um, I had no, 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 I really didn't have any plans to become a ballet teacher. Really? Um, well, I hadn't thought about it, you know. Yeah. I didn't think I could do it. Um, so to cut a long story short, what happened was I got married and I was working for the musicians' union during the day then for a while. And I actually became I am the legal officer for the musicians' union in London. Okay. And um, I studied. I now have a law degree as well somehow. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So and fit, fit that in somewhere in your busy schedule. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll fit it in. And then because we got married, we have three children. Mm. And my my ex-wife's um, aunt lived in Shetland. She'd been up here for 22 years. And she kept saying to us, you must come up to visit the children. We absolutely love it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and work was getting really, really stressful, actually, because we'd moved out to Medway Towns, which is in North Kent. Got out of London because... You know, drive-by shootings, and it was getting very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and we went up to Shetland, and we saw this house advertised for sale. And we sat there and watched the sunset. And we went up and looked at this house, which needed a bit of work, but you know, we'd done a lot of work on the house we bought in Medway. Mm -hmm. And we ended up in within two months moving up there, lock, stock, and barrel. Wow, quite a, quite a life-changing moment yeah. then for yeah, you. <laughs> it was, completely. Yeah. And um, the arrangement was one of us got a job and the mm -hmm. other one would look after the kids and look after the house. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so I used to take my youngest daughter, um, Celestine, who's now 16, um, and I used to take her to a toddler's group to, um, you know, to, just to have an hour of sort of developing her skills and meeting other children. 
And there was this crofter's wife um, there who said to me, so what did you used to do down south? This was you know, always the inevitable Shetland question of people that you know weren't from Shetland. Um, so I could have said that I used to be a lawyer for the Musicians' Union. Mm. Um, I said, well, I used to be a professional dancer, <laughs> a ballet yeah. dancer. Oh, so when, when are you going to start teaching classes? Um, natural, natural question. <laughs> yeah, and I a rare, a rare at, talent on the uh, you know Shetland yeah, Isles. <laughs> and I sort of looked at her and I thought, oh well, oh no, I hadn't really thought about it. And then um, two weeks later, um, we were at a birthday party of a lady that we got to know, and she had invited us along. And there was the same woman here, and she said, "Well, have you had any thoughts about this?" <laughs> and I looked and I said, "Well, I don't know." She, and then she said. I could get you. I could get you thirty-five at least, thirty-five pupils for a class. Goodness! And I sort of went, ah, right. And I mean, even from then, I, I wasn't really thinking about like how much money I could make in that. I was thinking, would there be that much interest mm. in youngsters doing a ballet class? Yeah, in the middle of the Scottish Isles, <laughs> you wouldn't expect that yeah. to be something people would be interested in. Well, we, weirdly, there a, yeah. Uh, well, there was an American lady who retired here many, many years ago, and she used to be of the Boston Ballet. Okay. And she used to teach ballet classes, and uh, she used to teach classes in the Islesborough Community Centre, where I now teach in Lerwick. Um, but she retired because she got very old, mm. and um, she was doing it by herself. Um, so I started um, the very first classes in, in a community hall in a place called Hamnavo, which is on the sort of west side of Shetland, the mainland, because we have five main islands in Shetland that are inhabited, and the main island is called the mainland. And then there's um, northwest, south, and east. Makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started teaching in a place called Borough um, in Hamlevo and had had 35 pupils turn up. Like youngsters of the age of um, between four and six. And um, so that's how I started teaching. And then I then I... I, had, I got a car, I used to book halls all over Shetland and I used to make block booking of like six classes and, and say, you know, if you're going to come and do classes, pay for six classes mm. and that paid for the hall hire and the fuel. And um, so very, very slowly. And then I, then I got um, a job um, through a charity which was set up called um, Arts Play which was basically getting artists like um, dance, which was very new to mm -hmm. Shetland, me, and um, like artists like painters and plastic artists who dealt with sort of things, to go to the um, Shetland Line of Council schools, preschools, the nursery schools, um, during school time and do sessions. And we were paid like, you know, a... a We'd invoice them for our time and our mileage. Mm. And so I did that for a year and went, oh, God, around many, many nursery schools all over Shetland, a lot of driving. Mm. Uh, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. And that, that, that's how I developed my classes. And then drawing back on those 
experiences of my old ballet teacher, Joan Irvine in New Zealand, and how she used to teach, um, and, and sort of took it from there and developed my own sort of class. Um, then um, I used to teach in a few leisure centres and um, because Shetland obviously was became very oil rich in the 70s and um, built like all these leisure centres all over Shetland. So I used to go and teach in them. And then um, a room came available on Saturday mornings in Islesborough, which is the community centre in Lowick. And it's a very big community centre uh, and it's a brilliant um, asset to Shetland because it's central. Um, so I started teaching there and doing a series of classes on Saturday mornings and then a group of the mums sort of said to me, well, you know, this is becoming a regular thing. Why don't we get a constitution, set up a constitution hmm. and become like a community group, which means that we could have all access to all sorts of benefits. Um, and I, in the meantime, had also be, got a self-employed tag, um, you know, mm -hmm. with the HMRC and got myself an accountant and that sort of, and then I got a startup grant from Highland and Island Enterprises, which helped me um, to upgrade my car and buy ballet bars and stuff like that and moved into Islesborough Community Centre. And this was about 2009, I think. And then basically the, the school took off from there. Wow. Um, and now we have we have about 110 pupils. Wow. Um, and we do we're a performance based school. Um, we don't do exams because the logistics. Mm. Um, um, but basically, I've I have built it up through my teaching and also getting friends. I had um, like getting friends to come up and teach, uh, qualified friends. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, had, I had a wonderful friend of mine, Elizabeth Harvey, um, who used to run a tertiary-based um, dance school in Auckland and New Zealand um, a few years ago until John Key got in and it all went pear-shaped. Um, and then she was teaching in Dubai, and she's now teaching in Beijing at a ballet school that's got a 1,000 pupils. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and she teaches already... Um, and I, I got her to come up last year. Uh, no, sorry, I got her to come up this year, sorry, um, in August and did a, a four-day workshop um, and to teach. And she taught a bit of the RAD syllabus and stuff like that for the youngsters and um, free classes. And the Shetland ladies rugby team had a class. <laughs> um, I have I have an adult class of about twenty two adults. So um, that's that's quite a lot, isn't it? Really, there's a lot when yeah. you consider the population of Shetland Islands in total is twenty two thousand people. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you've got most of the people there on the island coming to your classes in some way, shape, yeah, or form. And <laughs> Fantastic. I, I I have since. I mean, it's taken a long time to build up, but yeah. what happens in Shetland is built up by word of mouth mm -hmm. and people. You're like, it's like the old thing, you're as good as your last show. Right. Um, yeah. Which was the sort of on Broadway, you know. You, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're as good as your last show. If you're not, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's sort of building up a reputation, and yeah. I've always been very steady and had a, um, a sort of a, a steady approach to how classes will be run. And, um, again, thinking of how my old teachers used to, 
run their ballet school mm-hmm. and the same sort of approach. And being constituted, of course, means, you know, you, you, you have all the child protection stuff in place. Absolutely. Um, I have pupil helpers. I use my, my, some of my senior girls to help in classes, mm-hmm. which gives them experience. Yeah, fantastic. They, they have a volunteering thing like for young, um, the, um, I think it's the Duke of Edinburgh Award voluntary scheme and um, stuff like that. So that's, yeah. all, that's all good good thing for them because it gives them the initiative to help um and what's the most pleasing thing is that since uh, two years ago i've now got two pupils down on scottish mainland um who i taught from scratch um they both got um unconditional offers to um scottish performing arts colleges to do hncs in vocational yeah yeah yeah, fantastic. Which is a diploma. Yeah, and I've got another pupil who's looking at doing this next year. That's brilliant, uh, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And, and I've got more pupils who are coming up through the through the the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that for me is the most satisfying part of it all is seeing these youngsters grow up. Yeah. And we we do do a lot of quite a lot of performances because we get quite a few opportunities to do things in the year. And we we've tied ourselves with um, the um, like the, the local drama group because we mm-hmm. we always um, they always do a musical every year, so I always end up doing the choreography and dance for whatever show yeah. they're doing, and I get pupils of mine involved um, into that as well. So yeah. it gives them a good all round experience. <laughs> It's quite a, you know, your career has been obviously so long, so varied, um, you know, from, you know, with the preeminent ballet company of New Zealand, which is, yeah. has a really good reputation still, um, you know, to working backstage and then representing artists and then yeah. moving remotely and this and building this up over time, as you say. But you, you, will, you will leave not only a legacy in terms of mm. the school, but also for the community in terms of, like, embedding dance and making that part of the Shetland culture or helping to flourish mm. well, that as yeah, part of the culture. Yeah, you see, I... I, I I've, my, my my thing was my motto when I first set up the teaching and that here was, and I used to I know it sounds corny but I used to have flyers and that and things that I'd leave in shops, and I'd say Shetland Community School of Ballet just dance for fun. Yeah, and um, that's always been my emphasis. You know, any, anyone can dance. I mean, yeah, my absolutely. Ad, my adult ballet classes. My oldest pupil was eighty-two years old. That is so wonderful. And um, tell your student that we love her or him. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's so fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and and quite a lot of the older people that that um, are up here that that've come to live in Shetland used to do ballet when they were young. Oh, so you never lose the love of it, do you? Really? No, I, don't, I don't believe you do. Anyway. No, but well, yeah. it keeps me going, keeps me yeah. sane. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one final question yeah. because um, I think, you know, you know, the importance of dance and providing, you know, training opportunities and dance opportunities and mm. dancing for fun opportunities within the local community in areas outside of main cities is so, so important, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think really interesting to hear what you have built up 
in Shetland. And I think I just want to say to all those listeners out there or potential, you know, students or potential um, dance teachers or school owners who are thinking, you know, I'd love to do this myself or, well, that's, you know, something I'd love to be able to set up in my remote community or my community that's outside of the major cities. Mm. I, I want to say to them all to, you know, you know, get in touch with you or, you know, check out your Facebook yeah. page, the Shetland Community School of Ballet, to, to hear from you about how you really did this, you know, yeah. if, and yeah. to reach out and maybe be able to help some other people in other countries or other locations um, yeah. learn, learn from what you've done. And, and I, I tell you yeah. what, just as a last point, yeah. um, because I live in an island community and we are like, we are like, you know, 14 hours from the mainland. Yeah. Um, so we have a sort of very centralised um, NHS system and yeah. social work and community um, work, which is all, you know, council run. But because of my um, work in dance and movement, um, I've now starting, I'm starting to be asked by health professionals who work with um, people like with Parkinson's and other neurological conditions to do dance classes. Well, yeah, I think that's so. Again, we, uh, that's a, a subject that we've discussed on this show. We did, mm. we talked with the team over in Canada, in fact, who yeah. were leading on the dance for Parkinson's. And well, we have Scottish Ballet up here in April. Fantastic! Um, and they contacted me specifically to help them organise their visit. Brilliant! And they they run. Parkinson's classes in, in Glasgow were well, all over Scotland. Yes, I heard. There's a and lot going on in the UK. Yeah. And that's that's all come from um, from the International Ballet who set up a Parkinson's class and stuff with the help of Mark Morris. Um, Fantastic. So that's something I'm going to be getting to, and sort of involved in because my day job, believe it or not, is, is a care worker looking after people with Parkinson's and other neurological conditions. So you'll be able to bring those two aspects of your life, yeah. toge- life together. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that is a wonderful story and I think so inspiring for so many people to listen to. I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming and sharing your story with no, us. No, it's been great. And, yeah, um, as I say, check out the Facebook page for Shetland Community School of Ballet where you can get in touch with Matthew Lawrence and right. uh, who can help maybe get you to do something like this in your local and if, area. And if, and if any board ballet teachers want to come up and do a guest weekend, they're very welcome to get in touch. I think that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you, Savannah. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.